This is the Carolina Recycling Podcast. In this episode, I talk with Laura Henneman of Strategic Materials, which is one of the largest glass recyclers in the country. Last year, Strategic recycled nearly 200,000 tons of bottle and plate glass in North Carolina alone. So, Laura, can you tell us about Strategic Materials' role in recycling? What is the service that you all provide? Yeah, so Strategic Materials is North America's largest glass recycler. We've been in business since 1896, so we've been recycling glass um, for over 120 years at this point. And we recycle a variety of types of glass, not all glass is the same, but our mainstream um, inbound supply is soda lime glass or food and beverage glass. And what is your role at Strategic Materials? Sure, I'm the Vice President of Marketing Communications for the company. So can you describe why glass is a sustainable packaging material? Yes, this is an easy one for us um, because we're very passionate about glass. Glass is 100% recyclable forever. So unlike some other materials that will degrade after being reused over and over, glass does not degrade um, and can replace up to 95% of virgin materials. So, you know, that's, that's typically talking about glass container production. So when you go to make a new glass container, it's made from natural ingredients, but um, some are mined, something like sand. So recycled glass is used in the production of new glass bottles for several reasons, but it does displace the virgin material that otherwise would be used. Um, it melts at a lower temperature than sand. Um, and as a result, when you're making a new glass bottle or a new glass container, you're lowering your CO2 emissions and you're also saving energy. So both of those are primary reasons, but um, it also will help with um, equipment life. So when you're melting glass down to make new glass containers, they use a furnace. Uh, and if you're not running that furnace as hard, you're not running it as hot, you would have less maintenance on that furnace and could potentially use it for um, longer than if you ran nothing but virgin material and running at a very high heat. Um, and from a consumer perspective, we consider it you know, sustainable because it's inert, it's not going to leach into the product inside the packaging. And you know, we also claim it to be ocean friendly. Um, glass is recycled domestically. It's not sent overseas for recycling. It's, it's very much a domestic business um, by region. And if it does end up in some sort of waterway, it's not going to leach, wildlife isn't going to ingest it, and over time, over a long period of time, um, it will degrade back into sand. So for us, it's, it's a really important aspect of packaging and kind of being a part of responsible packaging. Great. Thank you. You know, you mentioned your glass recycling facilities. You have one here in North Carolina that a lot of our communities and MRFs use. So briefly, can you tell me how does that plant work? Yes, so we actually have three uh, facilities in North Carolina. Okay. Um, Wilson, North Carolina is our largest um, and probably the one that everybody knows, but we also operate in Durham, North Carolina and Laurenburg, North Carolina. Um, and at our Wilson facility, for example, Wilson is one of our larger um, facilities in the U.S. And we employ, a, you know, in total in North Carolina, we employ over 60 people. Um, 
and we've got room to expand and we're, we're hopeful to be able to expand. Um, but at that process, what happens is we take your glass um, from curbside. It could be a drop-off program. Um, it could be from what we also operate, which is a, a business that we do our own pickup for bars and restaurants, which is called BevCon. Um, it could also be what we call um, plate glass, which is more of an industrial glass. It's just a different chemistry. It is not recycled curbside, but could come from Carolina businesses. And we take that and we clean it. We sort it, um, we size it based on our end market. And so um, contamination levels are really, really important. We, we love good, clean glass and as much glass in the pile as we possibly can get. Um, it's not economical or environmentally uh, acceptable necessarily to move trash around or take the scenic route to the landfill. So for us, we, we do recycle aluminum at our facilities as well. But if there's any um, materials in the pile beyond glass and aluminum, you know, unfortunately we aren't able to recycle those. Um, but that's, that's primarily what we do. Um, at our Durham facility, we, we only do plate glass. Um, so we'll accept windshields, um, windows, tinted glass, colored glass, <laughs> laminated, tempered. Um, and so that's a bit of a more specialized facility and the same is with our Laurenburg facility. But from a consumer perspective, what you're putting in your recycling bin in the Carolinas is coming into our Wilson facility and supporting jobs there. Right. So why for the glass, um, for the bottling recycling operation in Wilson, why was Wilson the location of choice? Yep. Wilson is close to our end market. Um, there gotcha. is a glass container manufacturer um, not too far away so we are able to service them locally and they have a high demand and so it made sense to um, be as close to them as we can which we don't always have the luxury of doing that but um, at the time we were able to to do that what are the uses of recycled glass i know you mentioned going back into bottling but are there any others for uh, bottle glass or even plate glass and windshields yeah. things like that yeah it's a great question um so like I mentioned, not all glass is the same. It's based on chemistry and melting point, depending on the end market. And some, some of it's just customer specifications that we have to meet, and that will determine what glass can be used to service those markets. But we really go after highest and best use markets. Um, and typically, those also fall in with um, high value economically and high value environmentally. So our primary market is glass container manufacturing, so glass in a glass bottle today can be thrown in your recycling bin, um, recycled by us or processed by us and goes back into making a new glass container filled back on the shelf in less than 30 days. So that's the circular economy piece that we really um, target. But our, our other market that is very, um, a very high volume as well and has high demand is fiberglass insulation. So that insulation that goes in between your walls, sometimes it's pink, that's Owens Corning. Um, that is made with recycled glass as well. They use up to 60 to 70% in the U.S. in the production of new fiberglass insulation. Um, but we also do highway beads. So the little reflective strips on the highway are typically recycled glass. And then we have some other smaller markets. Um, you know, our whole goal is to divert as much glass as we can from the landfill. So if there's glass materials that can't be used in some of those primary markets that I mentioned, 
Um, we also sell into filtration to replace sand. We sell into air blast abrasives for surface preparation in the shipyards. Um, it can be used as filler for tile or in flooring, concrete, lightweight aggregate, um, carpet backing. And we also have decorative glass that we don't manufacture in North Carolina, but that also goes into like terrazzo flooring and landscape. Um, so pretty much anywhere sand is used, glass can replace that virgin mine material. Right. So using the the glass, which has already been, you know, sand mine, we don't have to go out and, and mine and dig up new sand or soda ash to make right. that happen. Okay. Right. Right. So my wife drinks, um, her favorite drink is, is Pinot Grigio. What, what are the chances that the glass that she consumes from that bottle uh, was touched at some point by strategic materials? Probably about 100%. <laughs> so, okay, all right. That's good to yeah. know. If, it, if yeah. it's purchased and consumed in North Carolina, it would, as long as it's being recovered, I mean, I think the North Carolina recycling rate for glass is pretty high. Um, as long as it's recovered, it would come to us. We would process it. We would go back into glass container manufacturing in the state of North Carolina. So it truly is a very localized, perfect circular economy for consumer products that are packaged in glass. All right. What are you, you mentioned that you get some glass from communities, drop off programs, curbsides uh, from material recovery facilities. So from the glass coming from MRFs, what are some process improvements that you've seen at MRFs that could help bolster their glass recovery and glass quality? Yeah, so we've, this is an interesting one because uh, obviously MRFs are under a lot of stress and pressure for recycling as a whole. And there's a lot of challenges too when it comes to consumers recycling, right? So making sure that the right things are in the recycling bin and the, the things that can't be recycled are in the trash makes a huge difference. Um, but we've seen a lot of MRFs who process glass really well. And part of that is their sequencing and the equipment that they're using. So what we recommend, and we work closely with the Glass Recycling Coalition as well for best practices on this, and they have a MRF certification program for those who do it well that you can model after if you, if you are a MRF, um, is for the glass to be removed from the beginning of the MRF sorting process. If they're able to break the glass at the beginning of the process, the glass falls down between some screens, um, it's removed, it has its own pile. Um, sometimes the contamination rates are a little bit better in doing that, but the primary benefit or a few of the benefits are, it doesn't take labor, it's, it's equipment-based. So um, you're not incurring labor charges. If you had concerns about safety, which uh, is a myth that we hear from MRFs, but if, if that is a concern for the MRF, um, there's not a safety issue because you're not using labor. And then when the glass is removed and sorted in that way, it's not making it further through the process. So we've also heard complaints, you know, glass inherently is an abrasive, rough, sharp material, especially when broken. And so they can see some savings when it comes to maintenance um, further down the line. So again, their whole system isn't necessarily being uh, run down, if you will, by glass, because uh, that's another complaint that we've heard. Um, so it allows it to kind of have its own home and better sort the other materials further down the line that are that are in the recycling pile. Right. Okay. Thank you. And for communities, what are some best practices for communities that are bringing you 
Glass Direct? Is, is there any recommendation that you would have for them? So it's, there's a variety. Um, it's, a, it's a complicated answer because there's not a one size fits all solution. Um, we are very strong advocates for curbside collection. And that's for two primary reasons. One, it's convenient. Um, and two, we see high volumes this way. So we might have contamination issues, but we need high volumes to justify a facility to operate and we need high volumes to meet customer demand. So we love curbside programs, but we recognize that each city, each state, each region has its own set of challenges, circumstances, or dynamics. And so sometimes it's just a matter of reaching out to somebody like Strategic Materials as the processor and um, if you're a city official to say, what is a good solution here? How can, how can you help us? If you're a MRF, same thing. We've, um, we've had some of strategic materials employees go into a MRF and assess what they're doing and say, hey, if you do this, it'll be better. And we can potentially pay you more for glass and therefore your investment makes sense. Um, so we always like to be a part of the conversation before decisions are made. But we do have very successful drop-off programs and in, in partnership with certain cities and municipalities where glass is not accepted curbside. It's uh, strategic drop-off locations. And I don't mean strategic like the company. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, they're put in places that are convenient for consumers. You know, maybe it's a grocery store um, or, and a recycling center and it's marked well, it's well lit, all of those things, it's serviced well. Um, but it's just a matter of a lot of variables as far as the analysis of what is going to make sense. You know, it could be landfill costs, it could be rates from the hauler, it could be rates from the MRF, um, it could be population density. Um, so there's, it's, it's a, not a short answer, I guess, if you will. Um, but there's also resources and examples with the, the Glass Recycling Coalition. I also sit on the board um, of the Glass Recycling Foundation, which is a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, and this year we are awarding our first grants. So, um, you know, to help improve glass recycling rates and make sure that it's that glass is being diverted from landfill. So that's another good resource um, financially. And the Glass Recycling Coalition would be a really great resource for um, some of the best practices when it comes to collection of glass by community, by city, and also engages in some of those conversations and can facilitate um, kind of a, you know, information learning, uh, deep dive on what would make sense for any city that's struggling um, with glass recycling. Great. What type of grant projects has the Glass Recycling Foundation funded? Our first grant uh, was awarded to Erie County, Pennsylvania, so not in, not in North Carolina, but it's to help fund their drop-off program where glass today is not being recycled. Um, and we've got a couple other in the pipeline. We actually do have one um, for North Carolina, but uh, that has not been finalized yet, so I can't share it, so more to come on that. <laughs> Big picture, what is Strategic Materials' outlook on 2021 now that we've put uh, a dumpster fire year behind us. What are you, what are some initiatives that you're looking at coming up for the next year? Yeah, well, we never stopped operating. So we are considered an essential business and my, my teammates are essential workers. Um, and so we've continued to operate through the pandemic, um, obviously adhering to the CDC guidelines and making sure that everybody is safe and doing so. Um, and, you know, as part of the, uh, 
pandemic, more people are spending time at home, obviously. So they're doing more cooking at home. Um, if you remember when, when shelter in place or shelter at home or stay at home orders came about, um, you know, people were at the grocery store buying up all the products, which was great. You saw a lot of empty shelves, but that also means the demand for recycled uh, or demand for glass containers is higher, which meant the demand for recycled glass was higher. So we see a huge demand. Um, but on the flip side, We've got other states, um, North Carolina, not as much, but we've got other states that either have stopped recycling or from a deposit system where there's a redemption on a bottle. People aren't redeeming their bottles uh, for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's um, the grocery stores don't want to stay open or don't want to offer redemption services temporarily. So we saw supply down by a lot. Um, casinos were closed. Uh, sporting events were closed. Um, kind of all those things that you you wouldn't always think about really impacted our supply. So our supply was down in several areas of the U.S. and our demand is through the roof. So uh, we're hoping there's a little bit more of a balance, you know, after the the pandemic or when we get to a better place, you know, where things start to open up a little bit more. Um, and we hope the demand will stay there as well. So maybe there's some buying habits that have been created, especially on the beverage side, that will continue to drive that demand for glass uh, and recycled glass. Right, so are there any policy or legislative initiatives, changes around glass recycling that y'all are keeping an eye on? We keep an eye on everything, <laughs> but right. uh, there's, especially when it comes to helping make the recycling system work better for glass, because it does have its challenges like with any material. Um, so we, we get involved with any and everything we can, whether it's supporting certain legislation um, or opposing some sometimes when uh, we think it will actually hurt the system more than help. But like in North Carolina, for example, there's an ABC recycling law. So any, any um, business that owns or holds a liquor license um, is required by law to recycle their beverage containers that can be recycled, glasses included. And so that's one that we're obviously very supportive of, and we operate a small pickup business around as well. Um, so we employ drivers to come do uh, pickups, and we recycle the aluminum out of that as well. Um, and we, we're supportive of certain legislation, like there's a landfill ban in the state of Wisconsin. So um, you can't, by law, landfill core recyclables, glass being one of them, which really helps make the system work because everybody has <laughs> has sort of the motivation to do so. Right. Um, and in California, there's minimum recycle content laws, which um, we obviously we like because it's it's sort of a dependent, reliable stream of demand. But sometimes our container customers don't like to be told how to run their business either. And then, like I mentioned in the previous question around deposit or bottle bill states, there's 10 bottle bill states in the United States. Um, North Carolina is not one of them, but that's essentially when you buy something in glass or depending on the law, it could be plastic or aluminum, you pay uh, like a deposit. So you might pay five cents or 10 cents on each can or each bottle. And then when you bring it back for recycling, you get that money back that you paid. So that five cents or 10 cents. So we, we um, are very supportive of those um, those bills because it means high volume, very clean glass in a system that works really well. Um, and we don't expect new bottle bills, but uh, we would obviously be supportive of that and any bottle bill expansion. Um, so there's 
there's a lot of ways legislatively to make recycling work, but also glass recycling work. So um, we always try to be as involved and have a voice in that as much as we can. Awesome. Any last thoughts? Keep on buying glass. <laughs> Keep on recycling your glass right. because we need it. I mean, uh, the demand is there. We are sold out of glass this year. Um, I'm oh. at 2020, we are sold out. So um, we need more glass and uh, glass doesn't belong in the landfill. Agreed there. Final question for you. If you're drinking uh, a cold brew, do you prefer it out of a can or a bottle? <laughs> bottle? Come on. <laughs> thought you might say that. There's also yeah. a lot of good kombucha in North Carolina. So <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. Big thanks to Laura Henneman for joining, and thanks to the CRA's diamond sponsors, Pratt Industries and Sunoco Recycling. For resources on glass recycling in your community, you can reach out to Deeks in North Carolina and DHEC in South Carolina. If you are interested in becoming a member or a sponsor for the Carolina Recycling Association, you can visit cra-recycle.org. Thanks to Tom Mahar for the music. I'm Matt James, and I appreciate you listening.